has been seemingly lost in Epcot for weeks, perhaps months on end. <laughs> and the report that, that we've been trying to provide is a bit of a call for help. I have been uh, consistently going in and out of the Mitsukoshi store and surviving on uh, Melon Dongo for the majority of the time that we've been here. And it's been heaven. I'm one of your ho- welcome to a party of two a, a theme parks podcast. I'm one of your hosts, the Internet's Mark B. Donica. I am one of your other hosts, the Internet's Andrea Donica. I mean, you can only survive off of uh, Oreo funnel cake uh, from the America Pavilion. Man, that as made long me as feel so sick as we were passing by that couple on Fourth of July. Yeah, idiot. that was weeks ago. And it was so hot; it just seemed like the most unappetizing thing to me in that mm. moment. Hot, wet bread. It was America. Very, uh, hot, wet bread. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but welcome to the show. Our our seeming uh, weeks long expose as we get a little bit closer. Just a little bit. To, to the D23 event, 2019, August. We're going to be there. And we want to be the people that you come to for Parks News. I don't know why it just got so intense. But we, uh, we've we <laughs> been we've been talking about it. It sort of started just as a as a I, I don't know. When we did the the Wonders of Life Pavilion, there was a whole bunch of buzz about a particular animatronic going missing and 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 since then Boo. we that one was on purpose uh. but we um so we start about what we thought that would be and that was before it was announced to be rebranded as the play pavilion which i think we've both come out as like pro pro play pavilion yeah i mean the details are still kind of up in the air but i like the idea of it i also i also like it just for the fact that they're kind of paying homage to Walt's original wish for what Epcot was actually going to be. So I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that they're going to play on that <laughs> a little bit more. I didn't try to do that. But <laughs> See, that's how it feels. Yeah, that's how it feels. I, I know. But uh, I do that sometimes. You do, but sometimes you go for it. I'm just because it's been a theme of the past couple of weeks. Uh, either way, um, as you can tell from the title, we're we're going to be in Future World for a little bit. That's our theme this week. In some of our research and some of our attendance, we've noticed some ongoing themes and similarities. And while we didn't grow up with this park, there's a lot that sort of has stuck around in the history and the zeitgeist of Disney parks in general, especially when it comes to Horizons. But now, going on Spaceship Earth in its most recent incarnation several times and reliving Horizons via interweb. And uh, we saw a little bit of interventions when we were here, when we first visited Epcot and and uh, Camina Corps wasn't really a thing. So... We're, we're, we're just sort of sort of, I think the main thing that we're going to talk about is, is the similarities uh, between Horizons and Spaceship Earth and, and what those two attractions look like moving forward, even though Horizons is long gone. Th- there's a lot, but um, was there anything? So we, we touched our, we touched up a little bit of our knowledge on Horizons before coming in and recording this one. Is there anything that you noticed about riding through horizons that either felt familiar or different or special what like what are your what are your general thoughts on horizons 
Well, I think that people love it so much because it merges together all of the main ideas of what future world is supposed to be. It has, you know, different locations on where you can live in the future, what people thought the future would be in the past, how we hope to communicate with one another, how we were going to live with the land and live with the sea, and then putting it into some of the really, a really, really cool ride vehicle where you were floating in air, but it was still an Omni mover. Like yeah, that's rad. Peter Pan E Peter Pan vibes. And and I think that's one of the Peter things... Pan wishes it could have those ride vehicles. But but even so, it's suspended ride vehicles. Yeah. And that those rides have remained special, Horizons and Peter Pan. There's just something about them. It's different when you and Soren to an, to a certain extent. Oh yeah. There's something it's, magical about flying. Yeah, People and, love and that. Uh, flight of passage. Like there's yeah. just something about flight that still uh, sort of chomps at the bit when it when it when it comes to humanity. Just that sensation of flight. And I, in in watching some of the materials of Horizons, I wonder if that's where a lot of the love comes from. Truly, because mm-hmm. like so, I'm. As much as I'm, I'm always down for the new attraction, the the next new attraction, so to speak. I I have my favorites. I was uh, unseemingly smitten with Carousel of Progress when hmm. we saw it the for the first time back in 2017, and I still have a soft spot for it, even though there's a lot of stuff in there that's relatively problematic problematic from a societal standpoint no sure it's still one of those things that's a snapshot of that of the time and so i guess people look at it a little bit more rose tinted but great big beautiful tomorrow is an amazing theme to the to the fact where horizons features it horizons is supposedly a sequel to the carousel of progress and expands upon some of the ideas that it was creating showing where we came from where we are and or only a little bit of where we are and where we could go what the future holds um, in in the sense of the world as opposed to a single family. But uh, something about Horizons, I'm, I, like I, 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 it might be different if we got a chance to ride it because Spaceship Earth has has a, a sort of gravitas to it, I think, by bringing us all together culturally. Similarly to how, I, I, you know, without seeing too much of the American adventure before we went and actually saw it, I didn't think that it was going to hit home or that it would hit enough of the right sort of acknowledgements of the history of America mm. that deserved to be talked about and not glorified. So I wonder if it would have taken us going on the ride and being there because it, it doesn't really hit that home to me. Well, it, it doesn't help that all of the videos that are available are, you know, from the 90s at best and that's not going to be the level of videography quality that we would expect to see today. It's hard to make out certain things. Uh, half the time I'm looking at that early on scene uh, with uh, Jules Verne floating in his little makeshift uh, rocket 
with the chicken, but then there there's a four-legged animal kind of off to uh, his right in the corner, and I think it's a dog, but I'm not 100% sure that it's a dog. It could be an oversized cat. And just with that ongoing, you're, you're kind of questioning what you're seeing when you're watching these uh, home videos. And I mean, people captured it the best way that they could. And I'm glad that people went out of their way to do that because otherwise we really wouldn't have any way of experiencing it now. I don't know. I don't know how much Disney per se cared to curate any of that either. You know, they took certain shots of parts of the attraction that they were proud of but not necessarily a full ride-through of the entire thing to give a seamless experience. So you have to kind of put that... You have to try and imagine yourself in that time and experiencing it that in that moment. Sure, but I think also there's... Um... There, there's a lot of that rose tintedness that that we've talked about on previous episodes. A lot of that nostalgia, that I, I guess it it just doesn't. Since we never had it in the first place, it like it's the. I think the ride could could have stood for a refresh as opposed to oh, a complete yeah. just thrill ride. I like. Epcot doesn't need thrill rides. It's I'm glad that they brought thrill rides in. They they needed to do it just in terms of getting the numbers for people through the turnstiles and and I get that from a business standpoint. But now it's pretty much the only thing that they've been doing. And it, it's a little exhausting, you know, especially because you have to walk so much through Epcot. It's it is a workout, not just physically walking around, but when the weather is rough and it is for a significant portion out of the year in central Florida, you need to have those places where you can sit and kind of relax for a little bit, not wait in a line standing on your feet for an hour and a half because it's just it's too rough on the body. Removing all of these high capacity kind of more chill, relaxing attractions that entire families can enjoy together, and then replacing it strictly with something that has a height requirement and ends up being a really long wait because it isn't good at turning it's not out. a high capacity. That becomes challenging, planning your day. And I know that for certain people within Disney, they they see success of an attraction based off of how long the line is. And I think that is uh, a really bad way of marking your success. I think marking your success is actually how many people physically get through the ride by the end of the day. Yeah, like the hourly capacity seems to be a number that they tend to stick to when it comes to success. But... Um... I, I agree. More high capacity and even longer rides, like Spaceship Earth, is I think a, a happy medium. Yeah. Um, American Adventure, while being a like a theater, still has a pretty good. I, I like. I I think one of the main issues with 
um, reflections of China and O Canada is the fact like one of the things that's working for them is it's circle vision and everything is shot very beautifully and it's very immersive, but you can't sit down. And, and I think like you can, but it's not per se the most comfortable thing to do. And you, and it's, it doesn't provide a good window if you can't just spin around. So like, like last time we did reflections of China, I, w- I laid on the ground just because it was a very long day up to that <laughs> point. Now a Papa needed a break. Um, so, and, and as a result, I sort of was tweaking my body to make sure to get all of the right views and everything. But I think one of the things that helps with, I think, um, uh, the, the, impression de france uh the fact that it's in a back corner is like ugh, I, th- I like the capacity like it was pretty full when when we yeah. went and saw it so so i don't think it's that much of an issue um american adventure um that's a pretty large theater which and is even on great fourth of july it wasn't completely full which it which did seem like a lot of people ready for them to let us in it was like oh my gosh are we going to be able to get decent seats and and we still did we did and there's and we still have plenty of room around us but it the i think when it comes to the the like universe of energy had huge capacity yeah just because those ride vehicles were massive and i i think that any omnimover attraction tends to have a lot bigger of a capacity. And I think that's one of the things that Horizons had working for it is that I'm, the the weights couldn't have been that long. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily around in the era of FastPass. So even, even with FastPass, Spaceship Earth is like, what, 25, 30 minutes? On average, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it it can it can get a little bit higher. It can go the, the to maybe first, like fifty. It's the first line people see in the park, yeah, and they go, exactly. "Let's just go on that now." Which is hot tip: if you're going to visit Epcot for the day, don't go to Spaceship Earth first because that's where everybody stops because it's literally the first thing that they see. It's the big white golf ball. You want to go visit it? Yes, but that's when it's going to be crazy. Go go a little bit later in the day. Kind of hit further back into World Showcase and then come back up to uh, to Future World a little bit later. It'll be pretty easy to get to. And you also don't have to use a fast pass for it unless yeah. there's nothing left and you have a, you have a fast pass option. Sure, go ahead and use it. You'll probably want to go on it again if yeah. you can get it get it on at like eight fifty five. That'd be a great time to go on because mm-hmm. then eliminations can go and and you're that way you're sort of out of the way and you can take your time getting off the ride and going through the little uh, showcase at the end and uh, the little Siemens area. But... Oh, former Siemens area. Well, it's still sponsored by Siemens, isn't uh-uh. it? Oh, all right. No. Um, well, uh, so I'm, I'm trying not to poo-poo Horizons. I, I Sure. And, and you know what? I think that people also really love it, too. As you touched on, people love Carousel of Progress still. And the fact that it has been proclaimed to be a spiritual successor to that attraction and also using that song in the ride itself for a little bit is naturally going to make people be attached to it. There are certain charming moments in Horizons, like, you know, the the classy robotic butler from the 1920s who looks you know nice and spiffy 
and uh, you, you've got really fantastical scenes like little boy floating in zero gravity and trying to reach his boot on the other side of the room and calling to his mom for help. Like there's a lot of really cool messaging in there. And I think, I think a lot of that messaging can be put into the second, the descent of Spaceship Earth. Exactly. Because one of the things that, that we've talked about on all of the times that we've been on Spaceship Earth is the fact that the, the descent is nothing really like you have that your future and you and that's eh, eh. well just that's the screen based reliability and and that was something that we noticed too on horizons they actually had a lot of projections and, and movie reliability for scenes it was like oh that that's kind of interesting even back then uh epcot was doing that yeah and and sort of the the smell pumping the smells and and the things like that there's little orange groves yeah and the the thing about horizons i think is the fact that there are so many of the a a lot of the the research that we were doing people were were tagging it as the convergence of all of the concepts of future world in one attraction and sure I, I think that that's right, but then it's really interesting then that it's not in the center like Spaceship Earth is. It's not the focal point. But then you learn, you know, going through the attractions or the pavilion's history, I should say. Spaceship Earth was already under construction. All of Future World was already under construction when GE came in and wanted their own pavilion. And Disney was like, okay, we got this plot of land they were like okay we're we're happy to do it like sure we'll we'll sponsor it we'll we'll do whatever but that also makes me wonder if some of those concepts were truncated and were originally planning to be at the end of spaceship earth at the jump and then they went oh well we can expand upon these and put them in their own place possibly for spaceship earth they were originally sponsored by the bell company which was a telephone company. Mm -hmm. And of course they wanted to focus on communication. And then it's interesting. You, you hear the term communication. Well, then they had communicore further down all of these concepts. They, they overlap on each other so often, which is why it's interesting to see them broken up in so many different places, which is why I keep thinking that spaceship earth should be the combination of all of this stuff as future technology. How are we going to be communicating with each other in the future? And 100%, they should still be referencing how we got to where we are now, because that will be an indicator on what we'll be doing in the future. Yeah. And since that seems to be the first stop on people's itinerary, what better way to sort of give a spaceship earth should be the mission statement of Future World. Yes. And so all of the ideas, as you said, all of the ideas that are presented in Future World should at least be teased or sort of indicated in Spaceship Earth. And as like the entire ride up to the main, the space sequence before you start descending remains the same, I, I, you figure. And then... I'd like to actually 
see more space things in space. Yeah. It's too bad that they couldn't get all of that stuff to work out when they were originally building it and they had to scale things back. Now there's a bit of an opportunity that you could probably see some space stuff and you could probably get some of the space tech or or space tech, but some of the space scenes from Horizons and utilize similar imagery in the space scene and then start to come back and be and show some stuff from horizon some stuff from uh energy universe of energies or or alan's energy adventure whatever but some stuff that that is gone you can reference in the descent and one of the things that you mentioned great big beautiful tomorrow playing in horizons horizons does have a bit of a musical theme oh the score is fantastic i think that's all that's probably another reason too why people are so nostalgic for it and i would love for when when they refurbish spaceship earth to incorporate some of those themes well see well, i was gonna go in an opposite direction oh, no. i think yeah well well no but but here's i think the the horizon score is great but it's not a Sherman Brothers song. Oh, sure. So the the fact that the thing that they had a classic theme that that quote unquote everybody already loves in Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow and they reference it in that one scene. Then you have Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow stuck in your head and you just want to go on Carousel of Progress because that's what the theme is. Um, or, or Best Time of Your Life or whatever. Um, either one of the themes. But that's what i think um i mean i want to hear tomorrow's child it needs to come back well there's there's a lot of great themes that aren't being utilized anymore and i think there's a great opportunity to bring them back and uh, even when we were talking about living with the land i think uh, one of the extra things that I forgot to mention that I would have added in the last section is you put the original Living with the Land theme, uh, like that with its all of its seventies glory. <laughs> I think that's the one reason they might be hesitating. I love it, but I'm also like, well, do other people love it, or is it just <laughs> me? Like, am I weird? But but that you even, or if you even remake it, or you nineties-ify it, like they do everything. Yeah no not 90s though <laughs> but but you know like don't have skrillex remix it but it sort of <laughs> but but that that sort of thing of um like i i for me it doesn't stand out enough on its own what about the line if we can dream it then we can do it I think they they overplay it so much. Oh, but people it's, love it though. But at the same, like it, it's, it's a great it's concept. It's really it's really motivational. Sure, but when in any concept, in any any sort of consciousness, any dialogue, where if people just beat you over the head with it, you get tired of it real fast. Mm. And even just watching the one ride through that we did, I was like, okay, I get it. That's the theme. But um, it's sort of like. In the last iteration of Carousel of Progress, where it was um, the, with the other theme song, and they just kept saying, "Now is the best time of our life." You, they, you know, they kept saying it, and then they were singing it, and they were saying it, and then they were singing it. And um, uh, even with um, Carousel of Progress, they sing "Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow," 
in between every scene and they really only hit it home with one line of dialogue in the final scene as opposed to hitting it hitting it hitting it hitting it hitting it hitting it yeah and and her i think you summarize horizons some horizons and and you pop it at the end of spaceship earth and you update spaceship earth a little bit and you uh you add a little bit more of modern communication uh there's a little bit more history that you could put in there um like in the with the reigning digits like the reigning code you could put a new animatronic scene in there well things like like Facebook, for example, and Twitter, you know, the the concept of communicating and the future of it, that's so intricately entwined, you know, all of the motivations for for these technologies are making it easier to communicate with loved ones from far away. And and that's that's what I think you focus on. I don't think you focus on the creators of said thing whilst like Seeing Steve Jobs and the Apple II is is one thing, but no Steve Wozniak is is a little interesting. And I think I think putting he could be like that figure could be like an amalgamation of a couple of different figureheads. Sure, it, it's, it's, it's heavily little, implied it's that implied, it's Steve Jobs. It's implied, but but it's slightly ambiguous. Sure, if if they confirm that it's Steve Jobs, you you better put Woz in there, <laughs> but um. The, what you then focus on is you, fo- you people from around the world talking to each other through uh, smartphones, through uh, video chat, through whatever, and and that can be the message that you have where you're all these different parts of the world, all the all the different the four corners of the earth are can talk to each other at the moment at the drop of a hat or the the spread of news, the spread of incidents, the spread of protest or you know something some sort of worldly communication to where all of this stuff that used to be really quiet and sort of kept to the area that it was happening is now becoming worldwide stuff yeah yeah i and i wouldn't necessarily want to see like how at the end of horizons everybody kind of phones in for someone's birthday sponsored by skype and i'm just like Oh, that's still not the same though. And if you're gonna have a birthday, like you might have like one individual phone conversation with somebody, but then you're gonna go back to partying with your friends. Let's just be real. Like, well, I mean, it was a little one, like it was it was a young kid. Oh, okay. So, you know, it wasn't like, oh, can we get this over with so I can go to the clue? <laughs> no, well, it's it's not it's nothing like that. But uh, you 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 know, I, I don't think like. Spaceship Earth is a great ride. It it's wonderful. And some of the you change some of the infrastructure, you update the track, you update the cars, get rid of the screen so that the exit tunnel can have something a little bit more interesting um, than just a couple of light diodes. But um, then you can really s- sort of hone in all of the smells just because Rome burning. Oh, that's iconic. It's iconic, but it also if you don't know what's coming, you're just wondering what's burning for for a lot of the ride. Oh, could you smell it in other places? Oh yeah, oh mm. yeah. I think if they if they I think it's also just because this the scent has just become indented into the walls. Oh well, maybe. So so you <laughs> you refresh. So, yeah, it happens. So refresh some of the walls, some of the scenery. Keep all of the animation. That's what it is. Like literally, when you start your ascent, it is so 
stiflingly hot in there. They need <laughs> fans so badly. And or, I, or central air, central air, please, Disney, if, if you're listening by any stretch of the imagination, I don't care if you listen to any of our other suggestions, just please put some central air in that tunnel. <laughs> I die every time, yeah, it's, and it's, it's so bad, it's rough, but um. There, there's word that they're going to be sort of truncating and shortening some scenes, which makes sense. But they're all, I think they're all very important. Well, what I've heard primarily is that right after the internet sequence, stuff is going to be dramatically changed. Which, realistically, when you look on the outside, it's like, well, you have space and then you have the descent. And that's really like a lot the, of vacant space. Tunnel. Yeah. So that really leaves a lot for different creations. I hope that uh, Foxy Scientist remains. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> she's, she's rad. She's got her go-go boots our on. Our computer engineer from the, our seven, 1970s computer engineer. I love her. Oh, she's great. And and that was one of the few of the, the random... The, uh, the vinyl the, the vi- stars, yeah, the the park stars vinyl yeah, nation yeah. things. Where I was like, I really wanted Henry, but let's see what I get. Got our our favorite computer engineer was like, all right, great, really rad, down with it. And you got Ace from Star Tours. I did. And I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Still want Henry. I don't even know if those still exist. That was a while ago. Well, they're definitely on eBay if nope. they're not. In- <laughs> <laughs> Probably way too expensive. Oh, not necessarily. Trust me. I shop way too much for Disney Park stuff. Correct. (laughs) I hope that uh, the little newspaper boy who is rumored to have had his face broken in the last refurbishment, which is why he's like facing Facing the wall. That makes sense. I hope they fix that. That. Like, that seems like a, a small thing in, like, the whole grand scheme of things to just kind of skip over. Who do you want to do the new narration? I think that that's Ooh. going to be a big deal. You have to have someone cast with a, a certain gravitas. Grava- Freaking A. What? That's what I was going to say. Well, great minds. Uh-huh. Uh, well, we've talked about this a little bit. I think we said... One of the names you threw out was Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. Yeah. Um, Just I, don't make him say penguins. The penguins. <laughs> I I I think he he has a good uh, he has a good range. The, like and and honestly, not just because of there, there's a lot of voices that I think would be good. I think his I think Hugh Jackman would would legitimately be very good, and it's a different accent and, and than than one that we're used to. Um, Hiddleston. Uh, mm, sure. Not one of the ones that, that came to mind. Mm. Um, I was going to say, uh, you you know, you wouldn't think it, but um, Andy Serkis has a when oh. when he when he really wants to put a good voice in, he like he's he's everybody knows that he's ridiculously talented, but the only stuff that people really know him for are Gollum, Caesar, and um. Uh, you, Doctor Claw, Ulysses Claw from from Black Panther. Those are really the main things that people know him from. One of my favorite projects that he ever did was a video game called uh, um, Journey to the or, or uh, what is it, Odyssey to the West? 
oh god, I can't believe I forgot the name of it. But it was it was essentially uh, an adaptation of of the Journey to the West story, but it was in in the future. Um, and he 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 plays the main role of Monkey, but he also plays another role near the end that has just this very warm and welcoming uh thing to it not necess- not in an evil way like not not like ooh this guy creeps me out but it was just a dimension of his that i hadn't really heard and but he's so pro everybody's really like pro technology and and pro connection but he his hmm. i think the the only problem with him is I wonder if people would recognize that it's him. Do you want a super recognizable voice? Emma Thompson. Would that rule. would be wonderful. Yeah, no, because I was going to say, well, we should we should have some equal opportunity here agreed, too agreed. And, and talk about some some female voices as well. Emma Thompson would be rad. I would love to hear her voice for that. That would be amazing. Was there anybody that that you were thinking of? Cuz I know we we talked about uh Benadon, Coomberbo. Uh, it's hard because instantly I'm leaning towards British voices. Well, th- I mean, that's, that's kind of what, what they did. Right, exactly. Patrick Stewart. Oh my gosh. Or, and- or Ian McKellen. So far, that's three X-Men actors. <laughs> um, like, uh, cycling, cycling, cycling. Mm. Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I would have to hear it. Um. Let, let, if, do you have anybody who you would want to hear do the the voiceover for Spaceship Earth? Uh, make sure you can either you can leave us a voice message. Actually, if if you go to anchor.fm slash party of two pod. Uh, or if you're listening to however you're listening to us, go to anchor.fm slash party of two pod. That's where you can find all of our links and all that stuff too. But at the bottom of the episode description, it there should be an option to leave voice messages. And it's really easy. One of the other shows that I do, we've actually had several people leave us voice messages. And uh, we'll, we play it on the show and then we, do, we discuss it and we talk about it. We'd love to hear from you. And um, bonus points if you do it in an accent. <laughs> or what's your favorite? Like give, us, give us your favorite line from Spaceship Earth and, yes. and, and act it up. Act it up. Um, but um, I'm just trying, to think, just trying to think of people. And, and it's, I think it's difficult to think of people that aren't British. Daisy Ridley? I was I was gonna say if 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 she was still with us, uh, it 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 would have been great to have Carrie Fisher. Oh, that would have been re- that would have been really cool. Now I'm gonna get emotional again. <laughs> or or the the current My general the current voice actress or the current actress of Mon Mothma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot her name, Irish actress, but um, hmm. the the person who who. Uh, was going to play her in the or who played her in the prequels, but the scenes got cut, and then they brought her back to be. She was the voice of Mon Mothma in Rebels, so they oh. ke- they kept her canon. Um, but and any any actors related to space franchises. What sort of scenes would you like to see on the descent? Because right now we're just surrounded by stars. But uh, essentially, a a truncated version of Horizons. So sort of. A, an idea of what the future of communication could be. And then you go to Horizons where you saw um, 
the the daughter and her boyfriend and the boyfriend was in like the undersea thing. And then the, are we also going to visit like Mesa Verde and then just have like little nods to those the, places the, the, too? So, something like that. You know, keep keep it all in in communication, but add more of a a world community vibe to it. To where can seals talk to each other from different or special hydrophones? <laughs> um, I don't know about that, man. But be but, charming. I'm sure they would love to FaceTime with one another. You, but some sort of allusion to horizons and some of the communication stuff. On horizons now, something or I, or sweet mural. Oh yeah, and and like yeah, yeah, you yeah. become a part. Like if if you have to have the the picture stuff, make it to where it's a mural, and at the end of it, you you start it starts getting populated with the people on the ride. Now, some people might absolutely loathe this idea, but if a sponsorship could come back to Spaceship Earth. I would love for Apple to sponsor Spaceship Earth. And that would be the coolest thing because that's literally what everyone's going to buy anyway. And they would maintain <laughs> it. And it, it, I think that would be the most appropriate sponsorship for any of the pavilions in Future World. So here's something for Spaceship Earth and something for communication. You have you have a connection to the app that is like some there's like a spaceship Earth app that only works if you have to use screens make it be screens that people already have and have them connect through that instead of on the own, own ride. But what if what if it's the end of the day? What if your battery is about to die? Good news. Charging station. There's phone chargers on yeah. every single car. Yeah 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 yeah. Because <laughs> then. Whether whether people actually want to go on the ride or not, you're like, oh, there's chargers on there. A word? <laughs> We're going on this ride, and all of a sudden, it's the longest line of the park. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be freaking rad. The future of communication is, yo, you got a charger? And I, I know that it might sound absolutely crazy of me to suggest that uh, as That's a sponsor, but Bob Iger is literally on the board for apple so i don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility well steve jobs you know was an owner of pixar at the time at a time so like the the companies have always have usually been in some sort of a dance but now with apple tv being its own thing and disney plus being its own thing eh, who knows i think that I think that they can coexist in friendship. I think they can do it, but then you have a have an issue with all of the all of the non Apple folks. There's there's a there's a there's uh, a way to still take care of them. Sure. You don't and and for a charging station, you don't necessarily you don't need for it to be a plug in anymore. No, if you just have one of the pla- one yeah. of the little pa- pads, exactly. or you make it you make it like a little sleeve, and on the back of it is the is the charging thing so that it makes contact and so that way it doesn't have to be flat and it won't like fall out. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But I think that way horizons gets a little bit of a rub. Um, like interventions can, can have representation by, by have showing it's like the future so, of communication. It's so hard. The reason why it's interventions, a problem. It's a Tomorrowland problem. I know that there are a lot of, 
Epcot fans that love interventions and are completely heartbroken as to what it looks like now and the fact that Disney is fully getting rid of interventions permanently in Epcot. But from from Mark's and my standpoint, coming from the West Coast, we've seen what interventions also looks like just sitting around. And unfortunately, as it is with any sort of sponsorship deal, it is very difficult to keep these companies coming back and making something new and updating their technologies. They should be 100% invested into it. And it's understandable why Disney would think from the get-go, like, of course they're going to want to revisit this all the time and, and keep this fresh, but technology is always changing. And when they get fed up with it and they no longer want to sponsor, suddenly you've got this big empty space. And, and, and Disney then has to find another company to fill it. And that's a lot of headhunting to do. Or fill it do. with their own technology. Exactly. Like people complain about Launch Bay in California, but what else are they going to do? Like the Microsoft Home of the Future was a great idea. Yeah. But then once you do it, there's no return value there. And and so if people go th- and also not every everything worked for the first couple of months and then stuff slowly started to degrade because it was an attraction, not a tech demo where they were in control of everything all the time. So it's this. I mean, it's a small version. Hold on. Yeah, I have to. Damn it. I kicked the thing and caused oh. the problem and I would have to edit that out anyway. So <sighs> breathe. There you go. Um, did you understand my note of um, forty minutes? Yeah. Okay. With Tomorrowland's interventions, it was sort of a smaller version of one of the major problems with Epcot, which is the sponsorship system. And <laughs> damn it. <laughs> That's the one I was trying to get out. Okay. The problem that we realized with the Tomorrowland interventions sponsorship thing is sort of the overall issue that Epcot has had with their sponsorship system. And it's that it's not sustainable. Once the sponsorship is gone, then you can't. Disney has to put up the money and the best way that they can make something sustainable is by throwing a brand at it. And I, I'd like to think that for Epcot, there's going to be a happy medium where people are going to go to Norway to see Elsa. People are going to go to the seas and see Nemo and some other friends that we discussed in a previous episode that you mm-hmm. should check out um, or, or wherever go to Mexico to see the three, the three caballeros, especially now that their animated series which hasn't yeah. aired in America yet, is finally going to debut on Disney Plus later this year, which I haven't watched illegally. But now that... <laughs> or or Coco, or like the, the Dia de los Muertos displays that they have in the Mexico Pavilion. Like, there are ways to incorporate brands without losing the messaging. Spaceship Earth has an opportunity to be that. The Imagination Pavilion has an opportunity to be that. The Play Pavilion... Will not be that. That is going to be Brand <laughs> City Central. Guardians of the Galaxy, that's a brand. Um, even Test Track, Chevy, that's, it's. 
you know what though? That's okay. It's all about cars. But that, that's the thing. I'd is... rather have that than Cars Land. <laughs> Even though Cars Land in its own in its own right, pretty good. Oh sure, Radiator Springs Racers, love it. Love the land over in Anaheim. I don't want to see that in in Epcot Pavilion. It's not an Epcot. Pavilion, it's not an Epcot land. But um, but yeah. Uh, the, when it comes to interventions, the fact that it is a it is a concept, it is an idea that is based on sponsorship. Unless you make it about even even if you make it like a science fair sort of a thing, where you have independent inventors showing off like sort of maker fairs, or you use the interventions brand. As, as a maker fair sort of a thing so it's disney's interventions festival where it then it's like a robotics competition well for like they high school started students. that they, too I, yeah they did which i don't know if they do those anymore no. but if you then take the interventions brand and and associate it with new intervention as opposed to trying to get a brand going because now you can use you can use that space for something else yeah and from what we're hearing is right now it's going to be a, a water garden type area. Some people are, are really bummed about that. I think that that could be really nice. I think Epcot can always use more cooling, shady type areas. And hey, we love our water features, right? It could be really cool. It could be a spiritual successor of Fountain of Nations, though that could even be further expanded upon in the lake itself. We don't know where we're seeing a little bit of concept art, and honestly, that is now a little old at this point, so we don't know how much Imagineering is sticking to that and how much has changed. This is all speculation, of course. We'll find out more at D23 this year, but... There's going to be the, this big space behind Spaceship Earth that is going to, it's going to be home to something, something nice, mm -hmm. something new, something fresh. Yeah. And the people, the people complaining about it, used it as uh, an air conditioning walkthrough. Yeah. You know, it 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 used to mean something, and now that, now that you can see, in invention. Uh, innovation and invention innovation on so widely on the internet now like it's not as special of a thing to go see it in person because now you can just uh, share a video with somebody and and there there will always be a better way to use space in general more shade much appreciated <laughs> more air conditioning like when when we were walking to and from the center of future world uh it, we got blasted with the character spot air conditioning oh. and we're just like man if we have an extra fast pass some days let's just go take a picture with somebody because it <laughs> will be one heck of an experience to just stand in a in an air conditioned place for 20 minutes or those so. are also the longest lines in epcot at least every, in future world every time i look literally it is the longest lines to visit you know, one of the Fab Five or uh, Baymax or whatever. It's typically on any weekend, 90 minutes long. I think we saw 60. I mean, it's still very long. Yeah, yeah. 
because it's not it's not a high capacity thing. No. So if if interventions can be some sort of a high capacity gimmick, sure, great, cool, grand, but. Uh, it was a great idea originally. There are lots of things that start as a great idea and just can't maintain themselves over the years. And unfortunately, Innoventions is just one of those things. I I, I would love to hope and think that there is a day where, you know, different corporations would like to show off their stuff a little bit more and take that initiative. But that doesn't seem to be the way of the world right now. Maybe it'll change in like 10, 20 years. You can always hope. In the meantime, if Disney is going to rely on sponsorships, I think it's better to look at, you know, one particular brand for an attraction or one pavilion in general, which is why also I think that Apple is the way to go. Well, also, I mean, you can, you can, here's where you put your horizon stuff you know if you no even even then even saying that it, it's then becomes just a nostalgia trip and it's not a message of the future like and, and communicore too like all of those all of that stuff isn't necessarily as special anymore because we have it all on the palm of our hand yeah and how can you make something that is now normalized into an attraction unless you get people on their phones doing something together which i mean this we're not even talking about this episode but the idea of instead of the uh phineas and ferb agent p showcase thing turning into a, the rumor of it turning into a ducktales thing sounds awesome Woo. yeah i'm all about it we need to catch up because i've <laughs> seen a lot of clips that spoil some things or not oh. not actually watch them, but they've popped up on YouTube like in, hey, do you want to watch this clip of oh. this spoiler thing from DuckTales? No, I don't. Thank you, Disney Channel. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've essentially said my piece on the whole thing. I don't know about you, but like we've we have we've come we come from a land of a failed interventions. <laughs> and so eh, eh, like we we went back and watched the Disney Channel Tom Morrow intervention specials. Tom Morrow 2.0. Tom Morrow 2.0, that's right. I love him. Yeah, he's a cute little terror robot. I grew up with him, watching him on the Disney Channel, and it was very confusing as a small child not understanding why this Disney park wasn't a part of Disneyland that I knew. <laughs> and and that's when Pandora's box ended up opening up for me. And I realized <laughs> I needed to travel so much more. <laughs> so, yeah. Like it was a good it was a good time while it lasted. Totally. And there there's still there's still room for this stuff. I mean, I I think that the the exit area of all of those different the spots just off of Spaceship Earth. I think that that area could still be a place hosting these ideas for future technologies. But gotta be careful because if a sponsor pulls out, then then what is Disney going to do? And I think that the best thing that Disney can do to maintain something and have it continue with some longevity 
is to imagine themselves and have the creativity to do that. If they need to talk to some other companies with uh, about ideas of what they're seeing for the future, hey, the more the merrier, but who's going to pay for it? Mm-hmm. Who is going to pay for it? And if it's not going to be another company, the only way that Disney can confirm that they're going to get a return on investment is what people are going to be paying at the park. Yeah. That's and, what they know. And we've seen it with Disneyland that the prices just keep going up and up and up and up. And Disney World doesn't seem to have that issue yet because it seems like they have more areas. Well, it, not to the degree that Disneyland does. No, sure. But it, because it's they have more places to sort of spread around that possible capital. And so it doesn't have to be as drastic of a shift from here to there. And especially with how much that Star Wars hotel is going to rake in. Oh my gosh. It's like from everything that we've been hearing, it's going to be insane. Like the level of, of well, we're not talking about that this episode, but, but either way, I agree with you, Andrea. Um, and, and we want to hear what do you think if you've even been to Epcot, we've been talking about Epcot almost exclusively. We are, we are a general theme parks podcast. We yes, promise. We, we will be talking about other parks soon ish in the future But right now we've we've sort of been on a mad dash of all things walt disney world now that we live here we're going to be slowing down a little bit our visits uh as as we move forward here now that our annual passes are quote unquote paid for with the sheer amount of visits that we've had (laughs) over the past couple of months but um there's also a very important reason that we'll talk about in a future episode uh, as to why we're not talking about Universal right now. And there's two very big reasons that are both in California and in Florida as to why. But um, I think that'll do it for this episode. We've talked a lot. And if we've, bought, if, if we've angered some of you Horizons fans, let us know why by, vi- by visiting us on Twitter at Party of Two Pod. And, uh, I the, like Horizons more than Mark does. I think just FYI, no, you do. and and that's fine. Like I don't, I'm not. <laughs> it would still be a ride that I would go on, and I'm sure I would find stuff well, to sure. like about it. It's just because we haven't experienced it firsthand, yeah. you know. And and that's sort of why the original Journey into Imagination, the concept of that is a better concept than what we have now. So I know that I would tend to like that a little bit better, even though I haven't written on it. So my nostalgia isn't as you know, you can go back and listen to our uh, Imagination Pavilion episode if you want to hear more of my thoughts on that because we're wrapping up. But you can find us on Twitter <laughs> at Party of Two Pod. You can leave us a message on anchor.fm slash Party of Two Pod and uh, we'll incorporate it into a future episode. Leave us reviews on your podcast provider of choice, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mark B. Donica and Instagram at the same place too. How about you, Andrea? You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Dole Whip Drea. And I will be uh, happy to engage with you on said platforms. Yeah, and and you're going to be doing a little bit of jet setting. You might, if in case you've missed it, you might ha- see some stuff on Andrea's Instagram. She's she's you, hopefully you'll get a chance to cover some stuff at Universal at back in Hollywood. Some yeah. Stuff and, um, just uh, be prepared for for some dinosaurs some in your dino future. Stuff. Uh, I think that's just a, that's a good general note. Be prepared for dinosaurs in your future. Yeah. 
They're they're coming. They're coming real fast. The dinosaurs are coming. <laughs> dinosaurs are coming. It's like that Coca Cola. Yeah. Um, but thank you everybody for listening to us here on the Party of Two podcast. We will see you on the next ride.